Are Greg and Maya professional reviewers? Absolutely not. Like amateurs at best, but it's okay because they're funny, smart, and kind of adorable. Bless their hearts. So sit back, relax, and tune into this week's episode of All Cued Up. As a non-binary, not non non-binary pals, can't believe I messed that up. Uh, hello, welcome to All Queued Up, the review podcast tied to streaming shows. On today's show, we're going to be talking about The Witcher season three, the first two episodes of Percy Jackson, and uh, a discussion topic, and it's going to be about Jonathan Majors in the MCU. But first, I'm Greg. That's Maya. Maya, how's your week been? It's been good been good uh i have nothing to complain about other than this morning woke up i was supposed to be at a doctor's appointment this afternoon but couldn't go to my doctor's appointment because our hot water heater is on the fritz we don't know if it's an element that's bad and if so which element it is or if it's a thermostat and we can't get it looked at until tomorrow so, uh, you know, and it's a Whirlpool hot water heater. Whirlpool doesn't manufacture hot water heaters any further, and they don't even offer the product manuals on their website. Uh, so, no, no, it's 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 a motherfucker. <laughs> um, but other than that, everything's good. You know, geared up, ready for Christmas. Um. Everything's wrapped and under the tree, and Madison is every so often, and I literally mean every time she comes down the stairs, she's like, is it time to open presents yet? And I'm like, no, Monday, you know, and uh, I've been giving her shit about it, but no, everything's good. You know, I'm excited. I'm actually excited, you know, for them to open up all their stuff and everything. You know, I'm not excited for Christmas itself. I don't care. But as you and I have discussed, one of the ways that I convey affection and show my appreciation is gift giving. Yep. And, you know, I always try to put genuine thought in it. And, you know, I'm excited about that aspect. The actual holiday itself, I mean, doesn't mean a, a thing to me. Oh, beans. Um, but yeah, uh, it was cold here. It snowed this week for the first time. So Madison was supposed to go to school Tuesday and Wednesday, uh, half a day to round out the first semester, and. They put the school on a two-hour delay Monday afternoon for for uh, Tuesday and ended up closing school and closed it Tuesday afternoon for Wednesday. So she's been on officially on Christmas break all, already, uh, which would have started, you know, today, but it started two days ago. Uh, but she was exempt from all of her exams and everything, so she didn't have to do anything. So we were going to let her stay home anyway. Uh, 
It just worked out. The whole county said, fuck it. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, yeah. You know, she, uh, other than that, she's been trying to convince Misty to talk me into letting her open up presents early. <laughs> I said, Monday, get away. But, how, you know, that's, 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 that's me. How's your week been? It's been all right. Um, other than, you know, my dad's dialysis just giving us the biggest fucking grief. Um, it's been, it's been fine. Uh, we, um, <laughs> my dad got paid yesterday because he paid once a month and he gets paid a little over $2,000. After bills and grocery shopping, there's a hundred dollars left in the account. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, it goes quick. I mean, you you, you got you got to pay the bills. You got you got to get it out of the way. But um, just I do that. I do that the first thing on the third of every month when I get paid. As soon as I wake up, I go ahead and pay the monthly bills. Yeah. Uh. Oh, sorry. Uh we're playing some Baldur's Gate three, off and on, with uh, my buddies, and that game that game is a treat. There's a clear, clear-cut reason why that won Game of the Year. Um, there was a guy on TikTok who was like, you know, the reason that won Game of the Year is that in Spider-Man, you can th- or Spider-Man 2, you can throw a bad guy at a bad guy. In Baldur's Great Gate, you can throw a child at a child. If you so choose to. So you can beat a uh, motherfucker with another motherfucker. Oh, yeah. Hmm, oh, yeah. That, that meme. <laughs> Um, it's, it's just, it's something else. Like it's, it's just constantly entertaining. Like it's a, it's a time vampire. I don't know if I've said this to you before, but it's straight up a time vampire. Yeah. You're like, let's play. And then you play for a while and, uh, um, and then suddenly you're like three hours have passed the fuck. It's, it's wild, but, um, there's something else I was going to say. I have to say that out of my head. Doesn't matter. Wasn't that important. But, uh. Yeah, so it's been a fine week. Nothing, nothing to complain about, other than you know that slight frustration. Um, but something did happen this week. This is going to be our discussion topic before we get into the reviews. Well, you got some cool stuff this week. Oh yes, I got yeah. So I got a couple of gifts from Maya. I was going to mention that. That was that was it. That was that was, was yeah. Uh, so the so uh, um, she sends me a message. I don't remember when. And it just is a DHL delivery with the tracking number and a FedEx one with the tracking number. And I'm like, okay. And she's like, those are your gifts. Wait for them. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So I get the first one. Uh, it, was Monday and t- it was Monday and Tuesday, respectively. Okay. So yeah, it was Monday. And uh, it was right before we did my dad's dialysis. That's right. Because they, they pulled up and the woman's like talking to me because her little phone thing won't work. And uh, I can tell it's a display because of their packaging. Like it just had a yeah. It's not. On. It's not discreet at all. <laughs> um. Um. Nine times out of ten, when I get gifts from Maya, it's always been stuff related to Donatello. I have a pretty large Donatello collection specifically from Ninja Turtles Donatello for anyone that's not the painter. Um, 
So when I opened up the disc plate, I, ex- I was fully expecting something Ninja Turtle related. I really was. But I was pleasantly surprised because it was a... Uh, it's like Mario staring at an invincibility star. Like his back is to the to the for uh, to the frame. It's really cool. I love it. He's standing on a wart pipe. And... Oh, he is. I mean, you just call it a pipe. Who knows if it's going to be working? Um, but, I'd like uh, to think he just crawled out of it. It's uh, it's awesome. I, I really appreciate it. It's 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 really good. But the second one came um, when I was uh, the next day on Tuesday. Yeah, next day on Tuesday because I left. I left to go take my dad to Devita because of some shit. Um, I have a note. Like, there's there's cameras outside the house that'll uh, uh, let me know that something's going on at the house. We have them faced in a very specific section because we have this neighborhood dogs keep finding bags of trash in the neighborhood and then dragging it onto our lawn and ripping it apart. So we need to figure out whose dog it is so we can go let the neighbors know. We also need to figure out exactly where they're grabbing the bag of trash. But it also lets me know when people are pulling up. So I get a, I get a notification that somebody pulled up and I look at the video and sure enough, it was DHL. I was like, all right. So when I get home, I text mom, like, the package is here. And she was like, all right, we'll hop on camera. And I open it up. And it's this, like, fucking rad, super articulated Donatello toy. Uh, but it's specifically from the IDW comic book series. And I, I don't know the full story, but he has, like, a metal shell. Which I assume it's because he got his other shell destroyed. His regular shell. But, again, I haven't read the comic enough to know. Uh, but, no, I really appreciate those. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, But, other than that, the week's been, like, pretty standard, if that makes sense. Nothing to write home about. Uh, So we'll move on to the discussion topic. Um, Earlier this week, a verdict had been dropped on Jonathan Majors' entire situation that's happened since earlier this year. Um, Marvel wasn't really sure what to do with Jonathan Majors, considering we nobody was 100% sure what was going on. Uh, long story short, out of the four... Um, what do you call those? Charges? Charges, thank you. Uh, only, he only was given two. But they're pretty. They're they're not like good. He's gonna face plus potentially face up a year in prison or jail, and uh, because of that, Marvel immediately fired him, like within hours, which makes sense. Uh, but this leaves a question. Now that's Jonathan Majors' problem, and we don't. You know, like I read the stuff that he was like why he was guilty, and it's like, dude, the fuck, man, like. That's not good. I don't know if you read any of it, Maya, but... I have not. So he never touched her. He never physically harmed her. But the verbal abuse was insane. There were text messages recorded, like, years ago. And it's like, dude. Like, he constantly is telling her to kill herself. Straight up. Well, then, fuck it. <laughs> um, so with that in mind... 
Marvel has now completely, like, they've changed the title of Avengers 5 to just Avengers 5. It was the Kang Dynasty. Um, you know, like, the only things that we're going to have of Kang the Conqueror in Marvel are what we have now. We, he's no longer a part of Marvel. They're going to have to pivot a lot. and But they did have a contingency plan, and I read about this a while back, that if anything did come of the whole Jonathan Majors case, there was one thing that they had in the in their back pocket, and that was Doctor Doom. So I'm suspecting that after this like series of what if and echo, um, there was another movie coming out. Oh, I guess Deadpool three. Um, I don't think there's another movie next year. I don't think there is, but regardless, I think there's going to be a hard pivot at the MCU because of this, that their plan is just shot in the foot and they're going to have to bring Dr. Doom out. As the next big bad. And I'm fine with that. I love Dr. Doom, so I'm cool with it. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy Kang from the comics, but honestly, I wasn't impressed with Jonathan Major's performance in, in anything that he was portraying these versions of Kang. Uh, you know, the best stuff was from Loki. Although, don't get me wrong, his costume looked awesome in, in Ant-Man and Quantumania. Um, but, you know, a lot of people are down on Marvel right now since Ant-Man. Yeah. Because of their cinematic offerings this phase have been less than stellar. And, you know, people that were usually pumped for things have not been. Uh, Some people use the excuse, well, I don't enjoy time travel, so this whole phase has been crap. Uh, Some people are like, "Eh, you know, it's not like the comics, but we know She-Hulk was like the comics. Um Specifically, the John Byrne stuff. I think it's, and then we'll get to you. Um, Lesser-known characters. Um, even though there's good characters, I think it's a, a. I think it's a combination of burnout after Endgame and. Uh, Infinity War combined with a mix of lesser known characters and you're initially basically what Marvel was doing in phase one they're redoing in phase four with just lesser known characters and I think that's a lot of it combined with burnout I don't agree wholeheartedly and I'll, I'll kind of explain so I think it is, to a lesser extent, burnout on not mediocre stories, but like with because I talk about this often with other people with the MCU. If you go all three uh, phases of the Infinity Saga, you know you go to the first one. Let's be honest, Thor was okay. It was okay at best. 
people talked mm-hmm. about how it was garbage. It was it was shit, but like a lot of people were like, it's fine. Uh, Iron Man two, not good movie, not a good movie. Iron Man one, yes. Iron Man two, not so good. You know, Captain America the first. You know, every Captain America movie has been fucking great, so I can't complain there. But, um, uh, but you had these movies that were introducing the characters, and then you had Avengers, which was this big team up. But if you really break it down, that first phase was still quite hit or miss. Mm-hmm. And then you go phase two, and people tend to fucking forget this for some reason. It was also very hit or miss. Um, And then, let's be honest, Age of Ultron. It missed for a lot of fucking people. Yeah. Um, And then you got phase three which was arguably the best of the fucking three phases, but it was still hit or miss. And the biggest aspect to me that, that tells the difference when it comes to a lot of the first phase is that it started in 2010 and ended in 2020, right? It was a 10 year thing. That was 18 movies over 10 years. That's two a year. That's where the, I guess, burnout is coming from, is that with with Marvel, if you want to watch the big team-up movie, you have to kind of keep up with a lot. Like, the Marvels, great movie. I see nothing wrong with that. Well, I don't, no, that's not true. I don't see a whole lot wrong with that movie. But you, it requires um, a lot of the first three phases. You know, you have to watch Captain Marvel. You have to watch Endgame. Um, you need to watch Miss Marvel. You need to watch. You need, to watch, you need to watch Scarlet Witch and Black or One Division. Yeah, it requires a lot before going in, and because you know people talked about this before too. Like Captain America, out of the original group, Captain America and the Hulk were the two biggest names out of the entire group. The general public had no fucking clue who Iron Man was before the movie came out. Um. He was, in all intents and purposes, roughly a C-list superhero when it came to the general public. Yeah, yeah. Now, I would argue in the comics he's definitely a B-level hero, but had been elevated earlier in the 2000s, mainly because of, you know, him coming out and saying, hey, guess what? I'm Iron Man. And then he also got Peter Parker to do the same thing. You know, and he started to become more elevated in the comics. But the only reason they elevated in the comics were because of Fox owning the rights to the X-Men. Yeah. So the other aspect that I want to bring up that I think is important to keep in mind with this. A lot of the people that are huge fans of the MCU started watching those movies when they were kids. Mm -hmm. Between the ages of 5, 10, 5 to 15, whatever it is. So now... They're adults. And a lot of people in their fucking 20s are very fucking vocal and annoying. So, uh, instead of just saying, I didn't like Love and Thunder, they're like, it's the worst movie I've ever seen. Which at that point, I'm like, you haven't seen a lot of fucking movies then. If you think that's the worst movie you've ever seen. There were some good things about Love and Thunder. Uh, Jane Foster was 
great, and I loved her as the Mighty Thor. I just hate the fact that the culmination, her entire story arc, was over by the end of the movie. Um, you know, I, I think I think that story arc deserved more time devoted to it, but that's a nitpick. You know, well, that's that's it's a valid criticism too. Like we have to keep that in mind. There's there are things to criticize about Love and Thunder. There's things to criticize about every movie that's come out since Endgame. Um, but I would argue it's too much, too fast, and so a lot of the general public can't keep up. And then you have the people who are keeping up who want that nostalgia from the first three uh, phases, but it's not the same, and it's not going to be the same. I bring up all the time, Maya. I bring it up all the fucking time. I have been a Spider-Man fan since I was 10 years old. I have read a ton of stories of Spider-Man. I've watched every cartoon that's ever come out. Some are not good. Some are not, like, you're not going to be a fan of. To say the phrase, oh, the MCU is dead because one story came out that you didn't like is fucking wild to me. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just flat out stupid to say that. Like, did I stop reading Spider-Man because I didn't like the Clone Saga? Fuck no. I love the Clone Saga. I'm one I of like I'm, I'm one of like seven people in the entire nation that liked the <laughs> fucking Clone Saga. Oh, that it, it was it was the most melodramatic thing I've ever read of Spider-Man. It was the mid '90s, dude. <laughs> Um, but I think that's, that's honestly the, the biggest problem with Marvel right now is that, and, and Kevin Feige knows this. That's why Echo's going to be dropped as one whole thing. That's why What If is coming out every single day starting tonight. Oh. Um, Yeah, like, whatever time, like, it's supposed to be from the 22nd to the 30th, or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. And, uh, so for anyone curious when we're going to review it. After it's over. So we're going to review the whole thing. But um, but yeah, it's... It's uh, it's just, it was just too much for a lot of people. It was just too much. It's like, it, I go back to that thought process of when Solo came out. It came out five months after uh, Rogue One, right? Was it Rogue One? Or was it Last Jedi? Last Jedi. Last Jedi. But it came out five months after. And people immediately, I saw this all over the internet. I saw this opinion on, on so many things like, why do we have another Star Wars movie five months? That's too soon. I'm like, it's five months. What are you doing in your life where that's too soon? Like, if you like Star Wars, wouldn't you want more Star Wars? If you like the MCU, wouldn't you want more of the MCU? It's like, yes. But I think on the other hand, you kind of have to let the creative mind work. You can't rush it, and I think that's that's that has also been a huge issue with with MCU lately too. Is that the CGI has been rushed, the writing's been rushed, the filming's been rushed, the editing's been rushed, and you're seeing a symptom of that in a big way. But like, take Loki for example. Season one came out two years ago. It took them two years to bring out season two because they were working on it. That needs to happen with every Marvel movie from here on out. Like time and care. Yeah, yeah. And 
you know, apparently the whole Jonathan Major situation forced reroutes and reshoots in Loki. Yeah. Uh, like he was completely removed. His character was completely removed from a couple of episodes and significantly reduced in others. And plans for his character, you know, also changed. Um, so it's interesting to see just his the effects of the real world situation and his issues uh, alone, how it affected the one series. Now they're having, you know, because they had, they basically put all their eggs in one basket and counted on that fucking basket. And he fucked up. And he's been found guilty and, you know, according to what you were saying, deservedly so. Yeah. Um, no no excuse for that kind of behavior in this world today. There just isn't. No, there's not. And I'm, I, I, it's, it's, it is what it is. I'm not going to, I don't want to dwell on, you know, Jonathan Majors being an asshole. Um, but, you know, a lot of people, you know, there was a, there was a video that came out of him running down the street and a woman chasing him. And people were like, yeah, Jonathan Majors is innocent. And then that's like a few days later that fucking comes out and people were like, why? Like, is it because he's a black man? And I was like, read the fucking, read the reason. Like, he didn't touch her. None of the physical charges were placed or went through. He was found innocent on all the physical charges. It was the verbal stuff. Mainly because of those text messages. People were just yeah. like, wow. And let me just say, as a subject of both physical and verbal and mental abuse growing up, I mean, yeah, the physical abuse sucked. But I still deal with the mental abuse every day. Right. Every day I'm still processing that shit. I get a reminder of something. And then, you know, dealing with the current situation of my family, which we're approaching 365 days of my family not speaking a word to me. Uh, Yeah, as of Monday, just, you know, today's Thursday as of recording. Uh, just, uh, it'll be a year since they even bothered to speak to me like two days ago. No, yesterday I was in the living room. I was playing a little bit of, uh, star ocean, the last hope, um, still working on that one. Um, and my phone rang Madison was on the phone with my mom. Now, my mom doesn't know I've got a cell phone. She hasn't known I've had a cell phone. I didn't tell her I had a cell phone. You know, it's been a while, but I've had it even before she stopped talking to me. And she asked Madison, what's that noise? And she said, oh, the phone's ringing. She told her it was my phone. And she says, oh, you know, that's it. You know, not, oh, well, I didn't know that they've got a phone, you know, what's the number? Of course that's not going to happen. <clears throat> and just like, you know, oh, well, it is what it is. I'm used to it, right? Uh, 
it that's the thing it's it's mental and emotional manipulation abuse whatever you want to call it yeah it doesn't get easier and it doesn't go away no trauma so exactly and as my therapist has demonstrated to me and told me and greg has pointed out to me I harbor trauma in a much different way than most people do. Uh, it's not. It's not fun. It's not fun. But yeah. So this guy, he's a piece of shit. Deserved to get fired. But now a major corporation, which I hate calling Marvel a major corporation, but they are. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I'm not a fan of major corporations. But I wasn't but say, yeah. it's not it's not Marvel so much, it's Disney. When I say Marvel to the MCU, I'm talking about the creative side. It, yeah, exactly. I get you. Uh, you know, and I agree. But yes, they, they have to change this big plan. Uh and I'm gonna say I'm just gonna go on record to say it's not worth making a five year plan in your life because you don't know what's gonna happen from day to day. Yeah. But anyway. Well, yeah, so that was a it was just something that happened this week and I wanted to kind of talk about it cuz I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting how you know, creative side could change it like what exactly they're going to do, what's the plan. So it should be yeah. uh should be interesting to see what Marvel does from here on out cuz I again, you know, the other aspect of the fall off of, you know, people watching the movies like the Marvels was the lowest grossing film that they've ever made. So there has to be a change. There has to be something to kind of adjust, so Yeah. I want to see it. I just unfortunately have to wait for streaming, which should be soon considering it's uh Yeah. Yeah. box office take. Yeah. Oh gosh. Okay. Ah, sorry. Sorry, everybody. Um, all right. So, uh, let's move on to reviewing the Witcher three season three. Yeah. We did not watch this when it came out because I think we were both dealing with the move and whatnot. Yeah. We were both moving and this came out. The first half came out right before we moved. And the second half came out like the week after we moved. Yeah, but I didn't move until July the twentieth. Uh, you didn't get settled in until the twenty fourth, and that came out like the twenty sixth. Yeah. But we were still settling in. You hadn't even gotten Netflix back yet. Uh, you know. So oh, yeah, that was part of it too. Yeah, I forgot about that. <clears throat> so even though I watched it when it came out. We didn't get to discuss it or review it, and this week, it's like, hey, we couldn't think of anything to watch, and I suggested it, and boom. And then, of course, therefore, you know, we realized, oh, shit, Percy Jackson's out this week, too. Are we adding it? Yeah, we're adding it. (laughs) That's exactly how that fucking played out. And guess what? We forgot to fucking update anybody on the line. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we can have a soft reboot, but some things just stay the same. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, if you want to give a quick synopsis of the whole season. The whole season was eight episodes long. It was released in two parts. First part, June 29th. Second part was July 27th. 
Uh, uh, but yes, each I'm going to run down each episode. We'll take, we'll talk overall at the end. But you, you know the the write ups are a little bit lengthy because a lot goes on, as we'll as we'll discuss. So the first episode was called Sherawed. Uh, having left Caramorn, Geralt, Yennefer, and Ciri are on the run from bounty hunters while continuing Ciri's training in fighting and magic. After six months, they settle down in a home provided by Yarpin Zygrin, the dwarf, which I fucking love Yarpin. Uh, but when an armadillo-like jackapace attacks on Rienz's orders, the trio is exposed and they decide to lure Rienz into a trap to deal with him. Francesca... Findabear and the and the Scoyatel are looking for Ciri, whom they see as the destined savior of the elves. In Redania, King Vizimir is disillusioned with his spymaster Dijkstra and his court mage Philippa Eilhart's failure to capture Ciri, whom he intended to marry, so he entrusts the task to his brother Radovid. Yaskier, who secretly negotiates with Philippa and Radovid about delivering Ciri to Redania, is asked to help Geralt, Yennefer, and Ciri with their plan. At the elven ruins of Sherawed, they are confronted by Rientz and the Scoyatel, and a three-way battle ensues. Yennefer learns a powerful mage is the mastermind behind Rientz and suggests that they seek help at Eratusa. Yaskier tells Philippa and Radovid he will help them get Ciri, but they need to win her trust by taking out Rience. Uh, <clears throat> so, a lot more happened, but, you know, a lot goes on in these episodes. Episode 2 is called Unbound, and it opens with Geralt and Yaskier visiting in Codringer and Finn for in- information on Rience. And the two reveal Rience and his mastermind's base of operations to be a castle in Vulapane. Yennefer and Ciri were traveling incognito to Eratusa, but Ciri's visions hinder and compromise them, causing conflict between the two until Yennefer decides to reveal her past to Ciri, which brings them closer together. In in Nilfgaard-controlled Sentra, a demoted Frangilla escapes imprisonment. Cahir is saved from his attackers by Gallatin, his elven friend and member of the Scoyatel, and they discuss the future of the elves. Rience interrogates Codringer and Finn about Geralt before murdering them at Vulapane. Geralt slays a, mut- a mutated flesh monster, which is composed of magically stolen augmented parts of three captured women. The captives die as each part is slain and saves a distraught half-elven girl from the fortress. After getting her to safety, the girl recognizes Geralt and claims to be Ciri. <clears throat> also, that monster? <laughs> ew! <laughs> what, what a wonderful mutated mass of ew. <laughs> um, episode 3 is called Reunion. Geralt brings the half-elven Ciri to his friend Annika, a druidess who learns the girl's name is Taryn. And she was subjected to mind-controlled magic. Geralt tries to extract information from Terran, but an unknown mage possesses her and she attacks everyone. Later, an injured Annika reveals to Geralt that <clears throat> his mother, Vicenna, her old friend, had passed away. In Gore's villain, Yennefer meets Tissaia de Vries uh, while Ciri causes mayhem in the city, drawing attention to herself once more while she identifies what is claimed to be a basilisk to be a wyvern. 
After slaying the wyvern, she is robbed by an unknown thief whom she pursues before encountering Yennefer and her fellow sorceresses who take her to a bathhouse. Disillusioned and frustrated with their behavior, Ciri runs away after a fight with Yennefer. Rience meets with Lydia to discuss their next steps. After Gallatin informs Emperor Emir of Francesca's actions, Emir instructs Cahir to prove his loyalty to him, which leads Cahir to murder Gallatin, breaking down afterwards. On the run from Gore's villain, series ambushed by the Wild Hunt, but last minute she is saved by Geralt. And I love the Wild Hunt. This is the only glimpse in the entire season of the Wild Hunt, which sucked. <clears throat> Made me sad. Don't get me wrong, I was excited as hell when they showed up, and I was like, oh shit. And I knew, of course, she was going to get away, but at the same time, knowing what I know about the Wild Hunt and how much I love them, that story's coming later. But still, I was I was hoping for more than just a peek. Yeah, I got you. <clears throat> Episode four is called The Invitation. Uh, Emperor Amir commands Cahir to assassinate Francesca. Upon reaching her in the Scoia'tael, Cahir presudes, uh, persuades her to join forces in the search for Ciri. Frangilla enjoys her newfound freedom. Aboard a ship to Aratusa, Geralt, Ciri, Yaskir, and the rest of the crew are attacked by an Eshna, which Geralt and Ciri kill. At Aratusa, Yennefer convinces the Brotherhood of Sorcerers to host a conclave for mages to strengthen unity of the North against Nilfgaard. Later, Yennefer visits the Redanian court to invite Philippa Alhart and try to win the support of King Vizimir, who orders not only Philippa, but Dijkstra and Radovid to attend as well. On her way back, Yennefer is ambushed. Meanwhile, Triss and Istrid uh, investigate the mis- missing Aratusan students and the Book of Monoliths, respectively. Similarly to, Geralt, uh, to Yennefer and Geralt, they arrive at the conclusion that Stregobor is the mastermind behind those events as well as Rience's actions. Ciri and Yaskir are kept in a safe haven outside of Aratusa. There, Yaskir is approached by Radovid and they confess their romantic feelings for one another. Carol, Yennefer, and the Northern Mages gather at Aratusa to begin the conclave with a banquet. And the next episode, The Art of Illusion, <clears throat> is basically a retelling of the banquet through both Geralt and Yennefer's uh, perspectives. It says, once the banquet is over, Geralt and Yennefer discuss the night's events in retrospective. Despite his disdain, Geralt socializes with the reveling sorcerers. As Yennefer reminds him, they need to lie low in order to expose Stregobor during the following conclave. Their plans change, however, when Yennefer is alerted by Eastred and Triss about Stregobor's possession of the Book of Monoliths. Geralt and Eastred pretend to fight to cover for Yennefer as she breaks into Stregobor's study when they, where they discover the book, as well as apparent evidence of kidnapping half-elven students. Stregobor is arrested by Tessaia, Vilgelfort, and Artorias, and the banquet is deemed a diplomatic success. Once Yennefer and Geralt put all the pieces of the night together, however, they realize the mastermind behind Rance's actions and the kidnappings is Vilgelfort's, who only framed Strigobor. Scouting the halls to clear their path, Geralt's distracted by the sounds of a distant fight and ambushed at knife point by Dijkstra. And that's how the first half of the first five episodes, that's where it left you on a cliffhanger for a month. And I'm like, a cliffhanger for a month? Oh, come on. <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, the second half, the last three episodes, 
uh, episode six is called Everybody Has a Plan Till They Get Punched in the Face. <laughs> yeah. I like that title. We see Dijkstra take Geralt prisoner. Redanian soldiers led by Philippa along with northern mages strike a coup and arrest mages led by Vigilforts who collaborated with the Nilfgaard. Disbelieving the accusation to say frees the apprehended mages only for Vilgefortz to reveal himself as the traitor and flee Aratusa to capture Ciri. Before that, he allows Nilfgaardian and Squatel forces led by Cahir and Francesca to invade Aratusa. This starts a battle between them and the northern mages. Geralt, Ciri, and Yennefer all reunite and kill Rance together. Yennefer then decides to join the battle, which leaves Aratusa in ruins, as many die on both sides, including Phila Vandral and Artorias. Uh, Phila Vandral being Francesca's husband, former king of the elves, but now she's the one in charge. Has been for, you know, a while. And Artorias was the uh, uncle uh, of Francesca, the elderly uh, black mage. <clears throat> to say it depletes much of her strength, casting a spell of last resort, and Stegobor sacrifices himself, saving the last mages standing, while Geralt and Ciri are saved by Cahir from the Scoia'tael. Encountered by, uh, encountered by Vigilforts, Geralt commands Ciri to run. Vigilforts shows combat prowess and defeats Geralt handily, leaving him half dead to follow Ciri to the Tower of Torlara, but Triss finds Geralt and takes him to the Brokolon Forest. Uh, at Tor Lara, before Vigilforts can capture her, Ciri taps into the power of an unstable monolith, unleashing an explosion which destroys the tower, which opens up into Episode 7, Out of the Fire into the Frying Pan. At Eratusa, Yaskir finds and confronts Radovid about his attempt to capture Ciri for Rodania in the two-part ways. Yaskir also reunites with Yennefer, who informs him that Ciri is missing. In Brokolon, the Dryads, led by Queen Ethian, or, or Ethne, Ethne, take care for the wounded girl. Teleported through a portal at Torlara, Ciri finds herself in a wasteland of the Korath Desert. Struggling to find water or food, she's encountered by a unicorn she names Little Horse, who keeps her company. Wandering the desert for days, Ciri is tormented by visions of her loved ones and a mysterious figure revealed to be Falca, a half-elven princess burnt at the stake for her crimes. Uh, at Sherawet, that call back to episode one. Uh... Or no, maybe I'm mistaken. Sorry, struck that comment from the record. Anyway, <clears throat> when an unnamed desert monster attacks Siri and wounds Little Horse, Siri is persuaded by the vision of Falca to use dangerous fire magic to heal the unicorn. As she does, a violent fiery vision nearly consumes her before she relinquishes her magic and loses consciousness, waking up surrounded by bounty hunters. Gaskier visits Brokolon to find out that the forest has become a refuge for people escaping the war between the Northern Kingdoms and Nilfgaard, and he finds a slowly recovering Geralt. He informs him of rumors about Ciri being on her way to Nilfgaard. And then episode 8, The Cost of Chaos. Searching for Ciri, Yennefer and her fellow sorceresses raid Vilgelfort's fortress of Vilipane, but find it empty, save for the corpses of the kidnapped Artus and novices that they had been searching for. Uh, they encounter Philippa there, who blames Tissaia for the tragic outcome of the Thanod coup. Returning to Aratusa, 
guilt-ridden and resigned to say commit suicide. In Redania, King Vizimir orders Dijkstra to murder Philippa as a scapegoat for the failed coup. Forewarned, Philippa orchestrates Vizimir's assassination, crowning Radovid the new king. Yennefer travels to Brokilon and Hills Geralt. He sets out to save Ciri from Amir, accompanied by Yaskier and Milva, a Brokilon archer. Frangilla and Francesca arrive in Nilfgaard, plotting against Amir. But when Frangilla accidentally reveals the truth about Nilfgaard's part in the murder of her baby, Francesca angrily leaves, swearing revenge. Later on, Emperor Amir welcomes Ciri to the Nilfgaardian court, but seemingly unbeknownst to him, she turns out to be Terran posing as Ciri. To rescue one of their own, the rats, a bandit group, kill the bounty hunters holding the real Ciri. They test her by encouraging her to fight her kidnapper. Uh, he becomes the first. He becomes her first human kill, and the rats accept her as a member. She introduces herself to them as Falca, and that's how basically it ends. You know, we see Geralt and Yaskier heading to Nilfgaard. Uh, in the end, uh, you know, and I think, I know there is a section in the books where they're all apart, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. this season focused on a lot of them being together at least briefly but setting up this next there's there's a lot of setup going on there's a lot there's a lot that went on in the season uh what are some highlights uh or we can start with the lowlights whatever you want to do i mean right off the bat one of my biggest issues with the show is that um and i told you this in a text message like it feels like it's trying too hard to be like game of thrones uh there were so many times where like the show really, really, really likes to throw a lot at the at the viewer. And by a lot, I mean, when you watch Game of Thrones, every, every episode has like eight fucking storylines going on. And you have to remember all of that going into like the next season and yada, yada, yada. But The Witcher goes, hey, this show is about The Witcher. It's about Witchers. It's about him dealing with Ciri. There's some other characters, but they're not that important. It's about Geralt and Yaskir and all that shit. Season two goes, it's still about that, but there's some other players here, but not too much. Okay, great. Season three goes, now we have a fuck ton of characters. Enjoy watching. There were words that you used in your description that I had forgotten about and just sound like made up fucking fantasy words. And then by made up, I mean, obviously all fantasy, fantasy based words are made <laughs> up like towns and locations, but for crying out loud. Like there were times where I'm just like I I a scene would probably like who the fuck is this character? I don't understand what the fuck's going on. And it was just because they just didn't It does what like hard fantasy does, which is throw you in, no explanation, just pick up what you can. And there's not anything necessarily wrong with that. I just don't think it works for the Witcher. Gotcha, like gotcha. It's like you said, a lot happened this season. And you're right, a lot did. But I, I also think that that was a detriment to the show itself. A lot happening like that. I understand your point of view there. Um, 
And, you know, you're not alone. Uh, I don't think it was as well received. I think partly due to backlash that Henry Cavill left the show uh, that was announced six months prior. Whatever, in that regard. City, that big-ass battle happened. Uh, Or town or castle, whatever the fuck it is. You talking um, about the Battle of Aratusa? Sure. Um, Where the sorcerers live? I Again, I'm going to shrug my shoulders. It's the location where the big battle happened in this show. The big-ass battle. There was one giant fucking battle that happened in the show, and it was at that location. Yeah, Aratusa. Okay, thank you. <laughs> um, that's That's the school for mages and their home. Gotcha. Uh, Leading up to that battle, all we got when it came to, personally, that mattered in terms of story was Geralt, Ciri, and Yennefer going, we gotta keep Ciri safe. We gotta keep quiet. We gotta keep our heads down because she's being hunted. Ciri, I'm gonna make as much noise as fucking humanly possible. All right, well, okay, Yennefer and Siri, we're going to split up. I'm going to go take care of this thing, and you guys stay quiet in a place. Siri, I'm going to make as much fucking noise as possible. It got to the point where I was, like, getting irritated with Siri. Because <laughs> I'm like, it's not a, oh, you're just hiding. It's people are trying to fucking kill you. Not kill Yennefer, not kill Geralt, kill you. And you just do not give a flying fuck. The wildest thing to me. Like you said, I have a teenage daughter. I kind of know what that's like. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, even if you told your teenage daughter, people are trying to kill me or kill you, I think that'd sink in a bit. But for, for, for Siri, it was just like, she just didn't care. I was like, wow. That's the thing. And that's what symbolizes to me that Siri truly sees Geralt and Unifer as her father and mother. Because a teenager, it doesn't fucking matter what the fuck uh, comes from their parents. They're not going to listen. No matter what. That's why that doesn't bother me. And I see it. And I understand it. Because that behavior, I'm used to it. It's a fucking pain in the ass. I I know because I've I've been around teenagers. I I've many many times for different various reasons. I know that they can be a pain in the ass. Teenagers to me are the worst stage of human. Um, yeah. That being said, I still think that if not most, all teenagers would get the grip, get get this idea in their head. They are trying to kill you. Shush. I mean, shit, for fuck's sake, you know who, who, you know, another teenager that understood that and kept her fucking mouth shut? Don't say Anne Frank. Absolutely Anne Frank. Different culture. She was German. Um, <laughs> point I'm getting at is that shit was driving me fucking nuts, regardless. It was, it was irritating me to the point that I wasn't enjoying the show. No joke. And then it kept jumping back to the, to that kingdom. And, like, there's this Game of Thrones fucking war for the goddamn crown. Uh, people on the back trying to fucking do shit to, to get other people killed and just do whatever. And I'm just like, man, I don't care. I don't care. I know that you're leading to something that is supposed to be important. I don't care. 
The story was supposed to be about Yennefer, Geralt, and Ciri. And that's it. And now you've made it into something so much bigger, and I just can't find the give-a-fuck. You, then you're honestly not going to find a give-a-fuck for the rest of the series. I mean, I'm Because it only... Like, that's, it I just... Kind of, kind of expected that's what friends said. Yeah, yeah. It's just going to expound upon that. And that's going to be a continuing thing. I'm not but, saying the but, show's not good. I'm saying what I'm saying is that that particular aspect was so detrimental to me that it knocked the show's grade down. Because one of the great things about the show, if I and I'm going I'm to you know, compliment Sandwich here, um, it's extremely well acted and extremely well filmed. Um, it's just the writing for it was just not there for the season for me. Oh, that's fair. You know, I understand that. One thing I wanted to fucking mention because it flew into my mind when you said you know another teenager who would have understood that, and you know you the joke and Frank. Um, I watched a Burt Crasher bit the other night uh-huh. on YouTube, and he tells the story about when he was twenty two and then backpacking through Europe, and he was in Amsterdam, and he was supposed to go to the Anne Frank house, and how for his entire life. He thought Anne Frank was Helen Keller. Yes. So fucking funny. I've heard that bit before because his his daughter was making fun of him about it. It's so fucking funny. Anyway, uh, that just hit my my mind and I had to fucking put it out there. Oh, gravy. Yeah, I just, I wish I could have liked it more than I did, but it just, it felt like they were trying to do way more than they should have. And I don't mind. I like if next season is about Siri, Jennifer, and and Geralt being in different locations doing their own thing. That's great because it should swap between them. And if they're together, I think in a weird way the story suffers because now the writers are trying to make it about other characters too. And I'm just like, I'm gonna fucking take a nap between these scenes. Like they were like, hey, we cut off this queen's head, and I'm like, who? Like it just it felt so. What's the word I'm looking for? Not forced, but like the writers are kind of like, you're going to pay the fuck attention to what's happening right now. And I'm like, why? You have given me personally zero reason to pay attention to these scenes. Am I paying attention to everything happening with our three main? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I was genuinely shocked when that girl was like, you know who I am, Geralt? I'm Siri. I was like, no the fuck you're not. What the fuck's happening with that? So as that whole scene is happening with with Geralt and 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 uh, <clears throat> um, I can't think of the bard's name. Suddenly, yes, Gear. Yes, Gear. Uh, in that cabin with the two people and like, I was like, this is fascinating. And then it cuts back to the castle. I'm like, oh! <laughs> so, I did enjoy this. Uh, there was a scene between Yaskier and Radovid where he is basically trying to get information and Radovid's begging him to perform and all the people there in the presence of Radovid, they're whispering amongst themselves when he realizes Yaskier and one of them says, it's the dandelion. Oh, nice. Because in the books and the video games, his name is not Yaskier, it's Dandelion, which is an alias. It's actually not his name because his name is actually Count 
uh, whatever. Um, I have to look it up. Look, man, you can't even remember all the shit. There's so much happening. That's the thing. Here's the thing. I've not even read the books yet. I have all the books. I've not read them yet. Thought you had. No, not yet. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna wrap this one up. I'm gonna give the I'm gonna give the season a fucking a B. Like it's not the worst thing I've ever seen, but Jesus Christ, there was so much of it. I was just like, I don't care. And then, and then I think the other problem I have, Maya, is that when that battle happened, and so many characters had got killed, so many things had changed because of that lead up. I was like, boy, that lead up led to a fucking explosion, and then none of it mattered. So that I think that was another reason I kind of was like, uh, but. I mean, I'm gonna give it an A. Uh, I loved it. I thought it was great. I was intrigued the entire time. And I didn't mind the things that you obviously didn't care for. You know, I thought it just enriches the world. And, and you know, it all boils down to what somebody is looking for in a series. Um, and, you know, me personally, I love shit like that. Uh but, you know, it, I give it an A, you give it a B. Both are solid grades, depending on whether your level of uh, lore. It's essentially lore. Yeah, I mean, that's it. The whole show is a lore dump. I think that. Other, other than dealing with our three main, it was just a lore dump. And it was so much fucking information. And, like, unless you're really, really, really into it, it's just going to pass you by like it did me. Like, I'm not the biggest fucking Witcher fan. I didn't finish the game. Did I play, like, ten hours of it? Yeah, I did. But I didn't finish it because fantasy worlds have to kind of really, really grab me. And The Witcher is not one of them. Do I recognize why it's popular and famous and all that shit? Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, it really has to grab. Oh, you ask your real name in both the books and the games and the series. Julian Alfred Pankratz, the Viscount de Lettenhove. <clears throat> Sounds like a mouthful. It was. That's why I couldn't. I remembered the Pankratz and the Julian. I couldn't remember everything. Um, well, why don't we go ahead and move on to... Uh, the new Percy Jackson show, Percy Jackson and the Olympians. We have two first episodes. Sure. And that's on Disney Plus. And they came out on the 19th. Uh, two episodes. The first one, I accidentally vaporized my pre-algebra teacher. And the second one is titled, I Become Supreme Lord of the Bathroom. Uh, obviously, the episode titles are told from Percy's perspective. First, the, go ahead. The titles um, uh, are uh, direct chapter names from the book. I'll, I was going to make that assumption. That's that's makes sense because this pulls heavily from the book uh, yes. based on Rick Reardon's. Percy Jackson and the Olympians book series, which I've never read, but I admit ahead of time after watching uh, 
these two episodes, I want to read them. They're very much young adult stories, young adult novels. So keep that. No, I don't. I understand. So was Harry Potter, and I used to love Harry Potter. (laughs) Emphasis on used to. Well, it's a lot of. You know, there there's a certain degree of separate the art from the artist that I can do. Yeah. When the artist has become so vile and disgusting, it's hard right. to enjoy any of their art, even if I only already and had a love for it. It taints it. It taints Absolutely. it. Uh, anyway, so 12-year-old Percy Jackson's on his field trip to the Metropolitan Museum of Art, where he's given a sword named Riptide in the form of a ballpoint pen by Mr. Brunner, his Latin teacher. Yeah, okay, there's foreshadowing. Uh, Personally, inadvertently pushes class bully Nancy Boba Fett into a water fountain, catching the attention of algebra teacher Mrs. Dodds, who who reveals herself to Percy as a fury. Percy strikes Dodds with Riptide and later finds that no one else can seemingly remember Mrs. Dodds' existence. Percy returns home to his stepfather Gabe Ugliano and mother Sally Jackson. Percy and Sally head to their cabin in Montauk, New York, where Sally tells her son that Greek gods and monsters are real. Percy's class friend Grover Underwood inadvertently reveals himself as a satyr, Arriving into arriving early and tells Sally to move Percy to Camp Half Blood. The three are attacked by a Minotaur on their way, with the Minotaur vanishing Sally, causing Percy to kill it in anger. He collapses upon reaching camp and is greeted by Chiron, aka Mr. Bruner, after he awakes. Uh, that's the end of the first episode. Uh, second episode. Out comes Supreme Lord of the Bathroom. Percy wakes up in the camp's infirmary with Grover on his bedside. He meets Mr. D, the camp director, played brilliantly by J. Manzoukas, however you say his name. Uh, Jason Manzoukas. Uh, okay, Jason Manzoukas. Not man, I just man, Manzoukas. Man, well, that's what I said the first time, Manzoukas. <laughs> anyway, J from Big Mouth. <laughs> He meets Mr. D, the camp director, and realizes that Mr. Bruner is Chiron, who is a centaur. Chiron instructs Percy to stay in the Hermes cabin until he's claimed by his godly parents. Percy meets campers including Luke Castellan and Clarice LaRue and tries different activities to figure out his skills. Clarice and her friends attempt to dip Percy's head in the toilet, but Percy bashes them with his powers to manipulate water. Annabeth Chase recruits Percy into her team of a game of Capture the Flying. Luke tells Percy his backstory of how he and Thalia Grace recruited Annabeth and set off for camp, and that only he and Annabeth made it. Capture the flag begins. Percy repels an attack by Clarice and her friends, while the blue team, consisting of the Athena and Hermes cabins, wins. Annabeth pushes Percy into the lake's water, causing Percy's wounds to heal. Percy is then claimed by Poseidon, the sea god. He moves to the Poseidon cabin and is told that Zeus has accused him of stealing his master bolt and that war will ensue if not returned within a week. Percy is given a quest to find the bolt. Also noted that Percy's the only kid of Poseidon at the camp. So the cabin was completely desolate. But, uh, 
you know, I've, I found these, there's more to these episodes. They're like 39 and 44 minutes long. Yeah, but God's uh, be fucking. God's <clears throat> be fucking. Well, Percy's mom's hot. I mean, I get it. I'm not. <laughs> like, the episode starts, and I and my first thought was just like, how many times are these guys, like, because all the kids at the camp are kids. And there's a lot of them. Oh, like, yeah. I'm like, Hermes, put your dick away, dude. <clears throat> like, it is wild how many he's fucking. It's like, dude, Jesus Christ. <laughs> now you're looking at least, there's 12 cabins. There's at least 20 kids per cabin. Yeah. Safe for Poseidon anyway. There's just the one. But Dude, it's just, yeah, it's there's so just, there's so two three hundred kids easy. God's fuck. Well, what else are you gonna do? I mean, like I said, do your job. Do you yeah, exist but for a reason. Yeah, but there's only so many hours in a day, and a job only needs to be done once a day. I mean. I would argue that Poseidon's job is maybe a bit more fucking complex than that. Well, that's why we've got hurricanes and tsunamis and shit. <clears throat> but, you know, it's it's an enjoyable series. A little more mature than I thought it was going to be uh, in the themes. Uh I wasn't expecting in there on Disney Plus to ever see a marble penis, but there we are. Yeah, I was like, uh, yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, they're, they're, uh, that's just there. But I think it's, yeah. you know, it's about the, it's about the you know the art and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. What was it? The statue of uh, uh, statue of Perseus holding up Medusa's head. Yeah. And it was a full-on nude statue, and they showed the full-on nude statue. And I was like, well, I wasn't expecting that, but, you know, I'm not upset by it. And I'm sure somebody is enraged by it. Hide hide your kids. The dong in your face. I don't know. I really enjoyed the show. I thought it was a lot of fun. It's got this, like, um, adventurous, adventurous theme to it about, like, uh, what do you call that? I'm drawing a fucking blank on that word. Anyway, regardless, um, I know that the book does a thing regarding uh, uh, disabilities and that Percy has, quote unquote, dyslexia. And it's kind of hard, I guess, to do that in the show, but they did a little bit. Like you saw that book getting all jumbled with the words and whatnot. Letters. What was that? What did you hear? Anything I said? I heard most of what you said. What was your question? I didn't. You I cut was out. Asking, I was asking if you saw the thing I saw in regardings to. I know that the book tries to do a thing about Percy having dyslexia. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. When he's looking at his paper in the first episode, when they hand him. Uh, you know, his assignment or what have you for God and the thing, the things seem yeah. to shift. Yeah. I didn't pick up in the moment that that was dyslexia. Well, that's my point is that that's exactly what my point was in, in talking about. This was, 
they uh, in the book it's explicitly said, but here they were just kind of they just kind of hinted at it, and moved on. So I was like, thought that was interesting. I was like, oh, that's a whole part of his character. But all right, all right, I'm mad at it. But um, yeah, I just you know it's it's. It's got a fun vibe to it with a, like a you know a decently heavy theme not not too heavy because it is it is a in a sense a family show but um I'm excited So apparently there's been 6 books put out in the series and the 6th one hit last year and there's a 7th book slate or the 6th one hit this year and a 7th one slated to come out next year Oh I was unaware that there were that many books. Huh. I mean, I know it's a popular series. So makes sense. Sold more than 180 million copies worldwide, making it one of the best-selling of all time. The only, the only other series I can think of that has a shit ton of books and is really popular, but like secretly popular is um um Animorphs. Uh dude, there's been some TikToks about Animorphs. I'm like, if they ever make that into a series, that's gonna have some dark shit in it. Like there's an entire uh issue of that book because it's aliens that are attacking the earth. And kids get their powers from other aliens trying to stop the aliens attacking the earth. That's how they're able to transform into Animorphs. But the problem is is that if they transform and stay in that form for too long, they become that permanently. And then their brain like forms into that, so they're just they just become that animal, the whole and whole. And there's a whole episode where they're like, "We could kill these these people, but it would be like full on genocide." It's what like people are people are talking about it, and I'm just like, "That's in the fucking Animorph series, that cool scholastic fucking series where kids can turn into animals." You're telling me that that's in there? Jesus. And then this show comes out, and the first thing is like, "Gods be fucking." So looking at the, uh, I'm, I'm looking at the list of best-selling book series, obviously number one's Harry Potter. Yeah. Uh, with over 600 million copies sold. What would you think the second one is? Um, Goosebumps. It is with over 400 million copies sold. Makes sense. Then Perry Mason, uh, but over 300 million copies sold, but published from 1933 to 1973. So that was a 40-year publishing history, and it's been over, and it's been 50 years since one was published. So right behind that is the Diary of a Wimpy Kid series, which is oh, kind of yeah. cool. That makes sense. Yeah, I'm I'm actually looking forward to watching that new movie, the animated one, that's available for streaming now. Because I enjoyed the two live action movies that they did. I was like, I've never watched a Diary that wouldn't be anything, so I don't know. Oh well, I like them. I can't not, I can't like something I haven't seen. Is my point. I can't judge it unless I've seen it. No, I understand. But yeah, apparently Percy Jackson and the Olympians is uh, the 14th, tied for 13th uh, selling, best-selling book series of all time. Well, there you go. 
In I fact, mean, I, like I knew it was popular. Yeah, yeah. It's actually like it needs to sell twenty million more copies worldwide to catch the Dan Brown Robert uh, novels oh, yeah. about Robert Langdon. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and you know that's tied to top ten. Top ten's actually tied between one, two, three, four, five different series. So Percy Jackson and Olympians is just sitting outside the top ten to be tied for it. So that's not bad. It's pretty awesome. So I I realized it was popular. I didn't realize it as popular as it is. Uh but yeah, the show itself is a lot of fun and it makes me want to uh read the books. So Yeah, but so did Witcher and we saw that one. It's not went anywhere. What do you mean? So where it went? I have all the books. Well, I haven't made the time to read the books. I have all the books. They're sitting right there on my shelf, just about ten feet away from me. Uh, but I've consumed other forms of media too, uh, in the video game and the three seasons of the series, and you know, bought back Kickstarters and. That's great. Well, we should read the books. Mm-hmm. Read the books. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely, uh, definitely has me interested. In the next episode comes out on Tuesday, the twenty sixth, day after Christmas. Tuesday, isn't it? Yeah. So they'll be coming out on Tuesday nights each week. Uh, there's eight episodes. Uh, but I'm interested, and it wraps up on January 30th. So that's we'll be covering Percy Jackson through that first season. Yep. I plan on continuing it, so I hope you do. Well, yeah. Um, what grade would you give it? Based both on these first both both episodes, a eh? isn't it? It's uh, it's 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 engaging enough to keep me there and want to know what's going to happen next. I enjoy the casting quite a bit. I think that a lot of the 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 child actors do an incredible job. Um, there's quite a bit of it that looks like it's like, hey, here's part of a set, here's a green screen, uh, which you know hits my eye pretty easily. Um, but it's not distracting enough to where it's a problem. Um. And this two episodes definitely set up a, an adventure, and I'm excited about that adventure. So, and again, the only movie I've seen is the first one. I didn't even see the sequel, so I, I genuinely have no fucking clue what's going to happen next. But I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to this as well. Um, no idea of what's going to happen. You know, not theorizing any I just know that it's engaging it's entertaining it's a little bit darker than what I was expecting uh, but I'm looking forward to future installments of it and yeah I give it an A as well alright well that's going to do it for us folks uh, we hit the end of our podcast um, next week we have a heavy schedule 
but it's all like short things. Like it's not a whole season. It's just four individual episodes and a movie. So we're going to be reviewing episode three of Percy Jackson and the Olympians. Uh, we're going to be watching the Zack Snyder Rebel Moon on Netflix. And you can't see my eye twitching, but it is. And the reason that we decided to watch it and review it is it's extremely popular and we haven't had something on the show that we both disliked in a long time. So I'm excited about shitting on it when we have to watch it. Uh, just an FYI, we don't like Zack Snyder stuff here. If you've, if you've listened to the last two times we reviewed Zack Snyder stuff, it's not been good. Um, we're going to watch the next Doctor Who Christmas special with the newest newest Doctor, Doctor 15, or the 15th Doctor, uh, Chudi Gatwa. Um, and the uh, newest special that just dropped today uh, as of recording this on the 21st on uh, Paramount Plus, it's called South Park, Not Suitable for Children. And it looks like it's making fun of, uh, or poking fun at uh, stuff regarding Prime and and uh, Jake Paul, or Jake, Luke Paul? No, Luke Paul. Logan. Logan. Um, and uh, the main plot, though, is that Carmen finds out that one of the teachers at the school has an OnlyFans page. Fuck yeah. So that's going to be good. So it's four things. We're probably not going to have a topic discussion next week just because I, I did want to hit all four of these shows. So we're going to have a heavy one next week, folks. But uh, go and watch those. Join us next week. Um, if we do add anything or anything changes, go follow us on the social medias. That's where you know when the new episodes are live as well. If you want to support us directly, uh, our Teespring store has loads of merch for you there. If you made it to this far on the podcast, uh, use co- uh, discount code AQU15 for 15% off. It basically takes care of the shipping and handling. Uh, and that's it for me. My work can folks find you. Where can folks find you is what I was trying to say, but. Facebook. They can find me on Facebook. Maya Dawn Fisher. It's a public profile. Um, just give me a follow. Uh, feel free to send me a message. Engage with me as long as it's not creepy. You know, I've had some creepy messages. And you. You. Just you. Don't be you. What about you, Greg? Where can people find you? Uh, you can find. I'll follow me under Chub Geek on all socials. Um, like I said, I've been uploading stuff on Instagram that's been pretty fun regarding video game stuff. So go check that out. That interests you. Um, but guys, again, yeah, that's uh, that's it for us this week. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, episode three, Percy Jackson, Rebel Moon Part One, Doctor Who Christmas Special, and South Park Not Suitable for Children. Go watch those, and we'll see you next week. Take care, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>